Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. And he would walk in rhythm to the music, Sweet. but he would stop lifting his leg very, very high. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network, which has been improved by one station. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Oh, Frab just day. Kalu Kalei. I'm shortling in my joy, says the Jabberwock. We have got a brand new affiliate for the Rock School Radio Show, and I believe Tammy has it. K-U-C-A, The Bear, 91.3 FM. In Conway, Arkansas. I love it. That's right. Let's uh, go. Let's get in the car right now. Go and to Conway go yeah. and, and listen to the radio show. Yes. Nothing narcissistic about that whatsoever. Hey, you Nothing. think Steve Owens will be there? Steve Owens is the guy that uh, contacted me and said, can we run the show? And I said, no. And he said, please. And I said, no. And he said, pretty please. And I said, okay. <laughs> hey, you're in Conway, Arkansas. There, we don't have any other affiliates in Conway, Arkansas. We don't have any other affiliates in Arkansas. So the bear owns the state. So once again, thanks, Steve. KUCA, The Bear, 91.3. And hopefully I'll be doing some liners for them soon and blah, blah, blah. So he'll own the show in both of the breaks. We'll talk about him. And we got a good show for this, which I believe is going to be the first show they run on KUCA. I got into a fun argument with a few friends. What is the most recognizable stage move the most recognizable things someone does on stage and it's one of those things that what are you talking about until right. i tell you one and then bloop, it comes out okay Can you think of what do you think are the most or is the most recognizable stage move can you T- think of one uh taking a bow Taking a bow, that's good. I don't have that on here because what I've done is stage moves that are connected to a certain musician. Now, can you think of one? I know the audience is uh, screaming out there. What, like moves that uh, Mick Jagger does? There you go. Do you know what Mick Jagger's real famous dance move is? I know what it is, but yeah. I can't do it. It's called the rooster. So oh. when you say he's got the moves like Jagger, you're talking about the rooster. Well, because I was sitting with a Grand Brain Trust drinking beer, we came up with what we considered the two number one most recognizable stage moves. And they are either... Chuck Berry's Duck Walk mm-hmm. or Pete Townsend's Windmill. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. That sound good? Let yeah. Me t- let me nice. tell you about both of them here. Chuck Berry freely admits he is not the first person to do it. He said, I took it from T-Bone Walker, who did an equal to it. Barry said his is a little different because before he became a famous rock star, he worked in a beauty parlor. And his job was to clean up the hair. And what he would do is get down and do this little 
odd walk along the floor because it was too tough to get up, bend down, get up, bend down. And that's where he says he came up with it. There's also a thing that I read that he did it for the first time because his suit was wrinkled. Right. And he was hiding it. That that sounds like somebody laid that across it later. Yeah, that didn't like sound that. right. Pete Townsend's windmill, he also freely admits, he said this on David Letterman, that he stole the move from Keith Richards. He was opening for the Stones when he was young as a Who member, and he saw Keith Richards take his arm and swing it the whole way around. Wow. Here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. Keith Richards has no idea. He said, look, I just play the guitar. If I swung my arm around, it's just something I did. <gasps> However, Pete Townsend took it, popularized it, and all of that. Now, look, we're going to play Chuck Berry, but we're going to come back because Pete Townsend, I believe, has also a second most famous recognizable stage move. Can you figure out what it is? Here you go. It's Chuck Berry on Rockstar. <laughs> Of an unemployment, he was sitting handsome man. Coming out of Chuck Berry, brown-eyed handsome man, we're going to talk about what I think is the second greatest of the stage moves, and it belongs to Townsend, and I'm going to ask you about it in a second. But uh, let me tell you about a couple more before we get going. Angus Young is known for the headbang, bob your head real hard, right? and his version of the duck walk. He doesn't get down. He keeps his legs straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a kick and a hop and a kick and a hop, and he does it all the time. Some people say he invented headbanging. I don't know. People have been bobbing their head to music forever. Since biblical times. (laughs) That's right. I think it's in the book of Leviticus. Bob, Bob thy head. Bob thy head. It says here that he told Guitar Player Magazine... Why Why do you bob your head? And he said, to this day, I have terrible stage fright. So by bobbing my head, I didn't have to look at the audience. Oh. It was something he did. It's also the reason he did the schoolboy outfit. It's, it's always suggested that his, his sister said, hey, why don't you dress like a schoolboy? Uh-huh. Why? Why would his sister say that? That doesn't make any sense to me. By dressing like a schoolboy, he wasn't Angus Young. He was... A character. Right. Yeah, and that helped him with his stage uh, presence and concern. Uh, another one here, David Lee Roth. Now, look, it's usually acrobatics that he's known for, the karate kicks. Uh-huh. In the jump video where he does that high kick and his leg goes behind his arm. Right. That's, that's the stuff he's known for. But if you had to pick one of them, Diamond David Lee Roth did this better than any human being in rock history. He would jump off the risers, do a split, and touch his toes. Ooh. That's not, look, it's, how many people have tried that? I think it's in Rock of Ages for Def Leppard. Yeah. Where Joe Elliott tries it, and it's like me trying to touch my toes. His legs are bent, and he's not quite as... (laughs) You know what I thought you were going to say? What's that? Growing his long, blonde hair. Yeah, well... Oh my God, his hair was so glorious! Was being the operative term. Yeah, he... I think he's got a little bit of fuzz now. And he, you know what? He owns it. He just shaves his head. Yeah, I'm going to get to that point. I'm going to get when this then when the front touches the back just cut it off. All right, to Townsend. What do you think 
is the second, according to me, the second best stage move by Pete Townsend. Go ahead. Uh, wait, uh, smashing the guitar. Gotta be. Absolutely gotta be. Everybody knows. According to a Pete Townsend interview in Melody Maker, quote, I smashed two guitars at the end of a show. Apparently, Pete has a temper. Yeah. Oh. Apparently has a temper. Oh. He had two guitars worked on, and both of them would not work. The repair didn't work. Mm. So out of anger, he smashed them on stage. Here's the fun thing. Yeah. Instead of the audience being horrified, they thought it was great. So what he started to do was, you know, have his real guitars. Yeah. You might have noticed when he plays a Les Paul, there's usually a big black stick-on number, <laughs> one, three, five, what have you, and he calls for them on stage. Well, look, that's a $3,000, $4,000 instrument. Wow. But then he buys Bob's guitar, uh -huh. and that's what he would smash on stage. What's really fun is that Hendrix did it, but for some reason... Hendrix seemed to turn it into a, like a religious thing. Yeah. You, know, you burn what you love. You know? ah. Oh, man. Wow. Kiss does it, but they do it as a monetary thing. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, when you see uh, Paul Stanley destroy his Ibanez Iceman, that's the guitar he plays with the big thing sticking out under his left hand, the neck is cut halfway through. And they have to do that because there's been times he's decided to break the guitar and it didn't break. So they cut oh, it through. Funny. It shatters and then they sell it to somebody. But the thing about Townsend, it just it embodies the raw anger of rock and roll. Listen yeah. to me trying to be philosophical Ow. type here. So it's the Who on Rock School. As I walk through that Talking about stage moves, stage moves specifically that are connected to a person. I mean, everybody sort of dances, but specific stage moves to a person. You know the band Korn? Yes. They call it the bop. Now, you know what a headbang is. Mm -hmm. You simply bob your head overtly. Korn's bop is done where they not only headbang, but they bend over while they headbang, so their hair goes down and touches the stage and comes back up. What it's a workout. What like, a workout. That's the thing. I, you know, Again, I'm 58, about to be 59. I say again. Apparently, I say this a lot. I'm way old. There was a time where I could headbang. If I did it now, I'd have to sit down because it would be like getting up too quickly. Oh, you'd get vertigo. I would. It would be awful. Axl Rose, mm -hmm. I've never seen another artist move like Axl Rose does. It's called the snake dance, where he's, you know, that da 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 
it, it seems his hips are always the different direction than his shoulders. His hips don't lie? They don't. Here's the thing. Yeah? It is claimed, and, that, you know, haters gonna hate, to quote Taylor Swift, which I think we're all gonna have to do soon. It says that Axel stole the dance moves from Shark Island frontman Richard Black. To which you say, oh, come on. Wait, 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 wait. If you go to the music video from Shark Island called Paris Calling Mm -hmm. and go to the end, you can see frontman Richard Black doing the move and it looks exactly like what Axl Rose did. Now, the problem is, if this went to court, you'd have to make that direct correlation that somehow Axl Rose saw this. Right. And then practiced it to get it. I don't know. It seems organic when Axel does it. Right. You know, I don't know. There is also a belief system that he stole the move from Stevie Nicks. Okay. I've never seen her move that like well, that. You know, the Welsh witch. She, you know, spins with all the pretty long flowing billowy fabric right, and right. such. And apparently he, Axel Rose, is a massive fan of Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks. He was probably a young man in love with this woman on stage. But still, there you can draw that line. He saw it. Look at you building the story you there. You got it. I'm putting it together. And the one we're going to play. Iggy Pop, the stage dive, the crowd surf, and the crowd walk. Mm-hmm. It is almost universally agreed upon that the stage dive, the crowd surf, and the crowd walk was created by Iggy Pop. I would have to agree with that. And according to Iggy Pop, he said there's it was no thought. The the energy just overtakes him. Wow. And he said one day he decided to just dive into the audience. And instead of them going, oh, and getting out of the way, they caught him. Woo! That's that's great. If you've never seen, you know what crowd surfing is, you lie on your back and people, you know, move you around. Yeah. You know, there's a video of a guy in a wheelchair. It's at one of these European uh, festivals. And they pick the whole wheelchair up. No. And they're moving. And the guy in the wheelchair is, you've never seen such unbridled joy in oh, your life. Oh, my gosh. Just fantastic. The crowd walk. You have to you have to look for it specifically. But what he used to do was things with peanut butter. And I, I'd love to tell you I know much more than this. But he would take peanut butter and he'd smear it on himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. There's a real famous thing where he's walked to the edge of the stage and he simply stepped off and the crowd grabbed his foot and he was fit walking upright. Right. On right, the crowd. Right. That's great. That's, you know, there you go. There's your $20 of entertainment because to see the Stooges back then was probably what, 8 to $20? Yeah. This dude weighed what? <laughs> 90 was, pounds? Yeah. He's always tall, thin, a built little guy. But the thing is, when you leave the theater, did I get my money's worth? When you saw Iggy Pop, man, yeah, yeah, you got your money's worth. Here you go, Iggy Pop on Rock School. All right. Well, it's 1969, okay.
Okay, coming into the first break, let me give you three that we won't play a song for. Have you ever heard of a band called Cannibal Corpse? No, I have not. The reason I know Cannibal Corpse is because they came up in the PMRC's... It's not the Filthy 15, but when the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center? Council? I I can never remember what the C means. But I get the joke. I hear it. Stop it. (laughs) But when they, the PMRC, appeared before Congress, they brought up Cannibal Corpse. Mm -hmm. Anywho, there is a thing that Cannibal Corpse does called the Windmill Headbang. Cannibal Corpse all have long hair. Their predominant leader... Corpse Grinder. Right. Come on. It's it's vaudeville. Yes. How are you getting upset at this? It's a show. You know, I had somebody say to me, oh, poor Lady Gaga and all that. What are you talking about? She doesn't go to bed with, you know, wearing a meat dress Mm-mm. and three cats living on her head. It's a show. Right. You know, what's his name? Alice Cooper? He doesn't get into a guillotine every night. It's a show. Anyway, what Corpse Grinder does is a headbang, except while he does it, he windmills his long dreadlock hair. Ooh. So it hits the stage every time. So nice. There you go. Jimmy Page, the bow. I hate this with a passion. Mm-hmm. I always have. I do, it, to me, it, it never sounded good. Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, I got to do something, right. which is weird. But what Jimmy Page did, he played uh, his famous Les Paul uh-huh. with a violin bow. The thing about it is the guitar strings are flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know there's a little arc. But it's not like a violin right? where you can take a bow and hit each individual string because of a high arc. I just never, you know, watch. Uh, what is it? The, 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 the song remains the same does it in there. It, I don't like it. Even Spinal Tap makes fun of it. So, uh, One more here. Ingve Malmsteen, the whirly gig. That's what he calls it. You need a locking guitar strap to do this. You got to lock the strap to the guitar. What you do is you imagine a human being holding a guitar. You put your hand on the butt of the instrument on the opposite side of the neck and you throw it with everything you have so the neck goes over your head around your body, and then right back into your hands. It's called the whirly gig. I've never done it because I'm positive the neck would come around, hit me, and I'd have a bruise, go to the doctor. I'll give you 20 bucks to do it. Absolutely not. If you'd like to see a whirly gig that failed... I would. Watch the Yankee Rose video, as in David Lee Roth. Steve Vai tries it. And he drops it. Oh, and he's a skinny boy. He's a, yeah, he's and he's a real good guitarist too. But he tried to do it; it didn't work. And I know they left it in as a kind of a ha ha, because he drops it, and you see it's way at the end of the video, and you see him just sort of trudging over, like ah oh, crud, <laughs> to, to pick up his guitar. All right, uh, who's listening to us? Our brand new stunning affiliate, KUCA, The Bear, Conway, Arkansas, ninety-one point three FM. Thanks, Steve. Welcome to the Rock School Radio Network. Back in a minute on Rock School.
coming out of the break, we're talking about stage moves that have been attached to a specific person. The Shadows Shuffle. Do you know who the Shadows are? I don't. I don't. The uh-uh. Shadows are a British instrumental group, and every guitarist who knows them claims an influence from them. They're, they're just a fantastic band. They were the backup band for Keith Richards, or Cliff Richards, sorry, Cliff Richards for a good while. And while they're playing, there's a dance move they all do, and what it looks like is your uncle at your wedding who's doing that overbite and uh-huh. moving. And it's just, it's literally step, two, three, turn, step, two, three, turn. Anyway, everybody in the band does it. They call it the Shadows Shuffle. James Brown, just different dance moves. And believe it or not, every one of his dance moves has a name. The Camel Walk. Have you ever seen it where he slides and then goes up on one foot and the one foot goes boop, 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 left, right, left, right, left, right. And he moves a little bit more. Yes. Camel yes. walk. Mashed potato, funky chicken, boogaloo, and... Now, look, people have been doing splits since we figured out that we had legs. But he's the one that did that split where the leg came straight out and the other leg was bent. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Bruno Mars halftime show for the Super Bowl when he's singing uh, Runaway Baby. There's a point at which he's in the gold lame jacket and he turns around, he does that walk backwards. That's James Brown. Right. Then he puts his hand behind his head and snaps his other, snaps the fingers of his other hands. And then he turns, kicks, spin, and does that. It's pure James Brown. Yeah, nice. He, Bruno Mars, understands where he came from. And by the way, don't forget the cape. Do you remember the cape bit? Where he can't go on, and one of his, quote, attendees, some guy from offstage, comes in and puts a cape on him. And he walks offstage, and he throws the cape off, and he can dance again, and then drops. And they put the cape back on. Oh, give me a break. And the one we're going to play, I think you all know it, Joe Cocker, The Spasm. Oh. Have you ever watched Joe Cocker perform? I have. It's so blatantly spasmatic that uh, John Belushi on Saturday Night Live made fun of it. And it was so wonderful that even uh, Joe Cocker said, if I'm going to play Saturday Night Live, I have to have John Belushi make fun of me. So Belushi came out on stage. It's easy to find. Nice. Go to YouTube and look it up. Here's Joe Cocker on Rock School. Coming into the bottom of the hour, just a little bit late. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Now, you were asking me, uh, literally before I kicked open the microphone, you haven't mentioned Michael Jackson. Yeah, you're right. I haven't. But look, hey, pick it. The moonwalk. Every human being. I saw the moonwalk happen. It was on Motown's 25th, I think. I was at my buddy's house, Damon, and it took us, I can't tell you how long, 10 minutes. And we were trying to do the moonwalk. Oh, I bet Damon was doing it. Finally, somebody figured out how to do it at school. And once that person figured it out, the rest of the world 
had it. VCRs had just come out. Right. So you could frame by frame that thing. There's the side slide, the robot, and the lean in Smooth Criminal, mm. where he, he patents this thing that he kicks his foot into and it holds his heel down. And forward he goes. Yeah, so there you go. Look, let's do seven days in 70 seconds. Here be the dates, August 28th all the way through September 3rd. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. August 28th, 2003, Britney Spears and Madonna (laughs) share a big juicy kiss during the opening performance of the MTV Video Music Awards. Madonna then plants one on Christian... Christina, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, come read. on. Madonna was playing smacky face in order to play to revive the career. August 29th, 2011, Honey Boy Edwards dies of a heart attack at 96. His claim to fame is that he was on the stage the same night that Robert Johnson died. August 30th, 1993, Billy Joel is David Letterman's first guest after moving the show to CBS. August 31, 1985, the serial killer Richard Ramirez is captured in Los Angeles. It is believed the group ACDC had an effect on his killings because he left the hat with their logo behind at one of his victims. How stupid is that? Can you imagine being Angus Young and hearing this? Mm. Are you kidding me? We play music. Goodness. Go ahead. September 1, 1971. Shawnee, oh, Sonny and Cher. <laughs> Shawnee and Cher. and Cher began their fall TV variety series on CBS. It was awful, but I watched it. Oh, I did too. September 2, 1995. Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone becomes the first song to debut at number one in the Hot 100. And then finally, September 3rd, 1972, The Temptations sung, it was the 3rd of September, the day I'll always remember. Inside of the song, Papa was Rolling Stone, and that's September 3rd. Okay, hey, speaking of The Temptations, we'll use them to play a song. We are talking about moves that people make on stage that are actually attached to someone. Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. He is a flautist. Flutist. Flute player? Player of the flute? Let's go with flautist. (laughs) He, Ian Anderson, does that odd... Renaissance is the only thing I can think. Nice. Where he lifts the leg as a point, you know, Uh because ballet. Right. And then crosses it over his standing leg. Uh, you got to know what I'm talking about. Uh, The band Suffocation has a lead singer called Frank the Chop Mullen. You may not know the band. However, if you do, the Death Chop was... It was everything Mullen was about. So what he would do is he would sing and imagine sort of doing that tomahawk chop. Right. But he wouldn't do it as, you know, like the Seminoles. Mm -hmm. What he would do is he would, as he was singing, would hit the the syllables, the beats of the music, and it became something that the audience grabbed onto and Whoa. did back to him. Whoa. Uh, Elvis's hips. You can't miss that one. Uh-uh. Absolutely. Okay, what about The Temptations? It's called The Temptations Walk. And what's funny is it became, you, you who are younger may not remember this, it became so popular that The Temptations would have to show how it's done. If you want to do a search for The Temptations Walk, a Merv Griffin show clip will probably come up. Here's the thing. There's five of them. And 
Motown said they wanted to, you know, sort of do some sex appeal. Uh-huh. So what they did is that you guys got to come up with dance moves. So if you take your, your feet and one in front of the other like you're walking and then arms bent with your fists forward and then rock forward onto the front, back, forward, back, forward, Oh, I'm back. doing it. That's right. That's the temptation walk. You just taught me a dance. It's so dumb and simple, but... People loved it. It's fun. It is. I'm it's still easy. doing it. It's absolutely easy. You know, you could even say chubby checker in the twist. Okay. Temptations here on Rock School. Hold, hold it. Listen. Okay, coming into the second break, I'm just looking over what I've got left. We already mentioned it, but Mick Jagger's Rooster, and he's had other moves since, thus the song, what is it, Maroon 5? It's got the moves like Jagger. Oh, what a great song. But the Rooster is that one where he puts his hands on his hip and flaps his arms as if they're wings. Yeah. Uh, Kiss, Gene Simmons, his tongue... And he would put red biscuit number five, that's stage blood, put that into his mouth. It's basically a, uh, what is it, a sugar water mixture with a little bit of red dye. Uh And you put it in your mouth and go, you can also get them in pellets. And you keep the pellet kind of stuck up in your mouth somewhere. Right. And when comes time, bite the pellet. And blah, out it comes. Yeah. Paul Stanley breaking his guitars. And also Ace Freely. Kiss fans would know this, but he would play a solo. And I don't know what song it would be. I'm sure Kiss fans are screaming at the radio right now. But he would play a song and there would be a sparkler firework put into the guitar like right between the pickups yeah and so sparks would just come out from everywhere wasn't there an accident one time that was electrical oh my bad everything wasn't grounded correctly and he you know ace freely stepped on a wire mm-hmm. and it shocked him and the thing about getting shocked is you're completing a circuit so the electricity has to leave Somewhere. Where where did it leave? His fingertips, but it was <gasps> his right hand. Oh. His right hand. So he was able to complete the concert. You hear about people getting hit by lightning and their shoes are blown off? Yeah. It's because the electricity must leave somewhere. Comes in, comes yeah, out. That's right. What goes up must go down. Uh, look, I'm going to leave that one till after the break. Hey, go ahead. Who's listening to us? K-U-C-A, the bear. 91.3 FM. Conway, Arkansas. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. They're the only affiliate we have in Kansas. You own it, man. You own the state. Thanks a lot, Steve. Steve's last name starts with an O, so he signs his email, Steve-O. I'm not sure that he staples himself to anything, but the fact remains. Welcome, KUCA, the Bear, 91.3, to the Rock School Radio family. And we are a family. We get together on Thanksgiving, and we argue about politics. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Coming out of the break, let me give you three more you should look for. Pantera's Philip Anselmo has something called the stomp. He, it's one of those things where you want to give the impression on stage that your body is being overtaken by the music. And he would walk in rhythm to the music, Sweet. but he would stomp, lifting his leg very, very high. I also saw it done a lot in grunge music. Mm -hmm. People would do that. The other time I saw it, do you remember Faith No More and the song Epic? You want it all, but you can't have it. I do. I know that he song. Came, I had big, giant boxing gloves on. Yeah, that's Mike Patton. And I saw Mike Patton doing it as well. So it, 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 I get it that Pantera's Anselmo is known for it, but I see it with a whole bunch of other places. Judas Priest had this thing called the Sway. Everybody knows it. K.K. Downing comes out. Glenn Tipton comes out. That's the two guitarists, the twin guitarists. Rob Halford in the middle. And whatever they're playing, let's say, living after midnight, take the guitar and go left, right, left, right, left, right. Um, who is a ZZ Top mm -hmm. does kind of an equal to it. Right. But ZZ Top is always smooth and cool. So instead of <laughs> bop, 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 think back and forth and back and forth. If I had to pick one for ZZ Top, mm -hmm. I think, I think it started in the legs video. They came out with guitars that were covered in fur. Uh -huh. They're unplayable. I mean, come on. Any, any of that fur would stop the strings from vibrating. But what was funny is there wasn't a strap. The guitars were attached to a belt so they could push it and it would be, what would you call it, balanced? The guitar would spin in a perfect circle. Oh, I do remember that. Remember yes. that? Yeah, that was cool. All right, we got to play something here. According to what the, you know, the websites that I go to, Steve Harris, he is the bassist for Iron Maiden and he is phenomenal. He is literally one of the top five bassists in, in technique, in ability. He's just fantastic. And Iron Maiden just does wonderful things to display how good he is. One of the things he does, and it's one of those that once you see it, you're like, oh, I've seen him do that. Take your guitar. And I hate to admit it, but I did this on stage one time and it got caught in a picture. Take your guitar or your bass for him. Hold it up like it's a rifle. Hold it up like it's a rifle. Bring it up to your chin. Hold the your hand as if you're playing a, a, a gun and are going to pull the trigger. And he plays a lot of stuff like that. They call it the bass rifle. <laughs> and it comes from Steve Harris. There you go. Iron Maiden here on Rock School. Okay, coming into the last break, before we get into the content, once again, thank you so much to a brand new affiliate to the Rock School Radio Show. Who is it? KUCA The Bear. 91.3 FM. Thanks, Steve. They're in Conway, Arkansas, and it's our only affiliate in Arkansas, so you own the state, man. 
Okay, I got a few more here to tell you about. We're talking, if you haven't been listening to the show and you're just tuning in for the show that follows us, well, why would you do that? But we're talking about stage moves that are named for or after a certain person. Napalm Death, their lead person, Barney Greenway, has something called the electric chair switch. So when the music overtakes him, it looks like he's in the electric chair. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, I don't Ew. know the band very well. Ronnie James Dio, Devil Horns. The Devil Horns. Uh-huh. Now, the thing, there's a great story behind it. Gene Simmons tried to, I think it's trademark. You can't copyright something like that. I think he tried to trademark it. And Ronnie James Dio said, oh, absolutely not. You didn't come up with that. No. My mother from the old country, she came from uh, southern Italy, came over, like, close to Sicily. Mm-hmm. It's something for the evil eye. Right. And it's not like you think where you're, you're almost doing a fist mm-hmm. and the, the, the first and the pinky come up. You do the first and the pinky, and then the middle part, you try to make it look like an animal, like a jackal. It does. So the fingers are extended. If you're holding it straight up, you are protecting yourself or someone else from the evil eye. Mm-hmm. If you take it and push the horns, you'll notice he just doesn't go bink. He'll go blah, 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 pushing the horns toward yes, you. Yes. That's giving a person the evil eye. Oh, yeah. So it, there's a whole other story about how Ronnie James Dio released a fake story mm-hmm. that Gene Simmons tried to trademark the phrase orange juice. <laughs> And what it was is Dio just said, what is the dumbest thing I can think of that someone would try to trademark? Orange juice. So there you go. That's from him. What else we got here? Robert Fripp and Frank Zappa used to sit down during their concerts. Robert Fripp specifically. And another thing Fripp used to do, and by the way, Robert Fripp, if you don't know, is the guitarist for King Crimson. And he's also got some stuff online that is just wackadoo. But uh, what he also would do is he would take like Johnson's baby powder uh-huh. and he would put it on his left hand and move it around. You know, like, what's his name? LeBron James. Poof. And the big thing. He would do that and he would help him move up and down the neck. Wow. I would have used WD-40. But yeah, Frank Zappa was known for sitting down, having a cigarette. Robert Fripp sat down as well. And if I'm looking here, yeah, we're done. The one we're going to play. Devo. Are we not men? No, we are Devo. Do you know what Devo actually means? Do you know why they called themselves Devo? No, why? They are the de-evolution of men. There you go. That's what it is. So what is it about Devo? Well, when they come on stage, and this is probably far more towards the beginning of their time when they used to wear those red planters, Mm -hmm. because that's what they were. They were, there were planters. Like you'd put a plant in. Right. Those red things with, what, four or five different levels. What they would do is when they would play, they would perform as if they were robots. So only sort of what a doll's joints would move. That's what they would do. And you see it a little bit in Whip It, and you also see it in their version of Satisfaction. Can't get no satisfaction. And they move bop, bop, bop. Not quite Michael Jackson's robot, but that's pretty much the thing because they are the de-evolution of man. Devo. And that wraps it up. By the way, you know where Devo's from? 
Huh? No huh? idea. Huh? Cleveland? Akron, Ohio. Oh, there you go. Right, there's Cleveland and its little sister down the road. Redheaded stepsister, Akron. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Once again, welcome to KUCA. Thanks a lot, Steve. We'll be back next week with another great show. Class is dismissed. <laughs>